I scream, you scream, we all scream for quality science fiction and fantasy content. For an extra scoop of sword and lasery goodness, go to patreon.com slash sword and laser. Hey everyone, welcome to the Sword and Laser. I'm Veronica Belmont. And I'm Tom Merritt. Sword and Laser is a book club, but it's so much more. We bring you author interviews, news from the world of science fiction and fantasy, and awesome discussions from fans just like you. Sometimes they're just discussions from awesome fans like you. Um, it's, I mean, it's a little late in the season for fans, I would say. I think we're, we're starting to get into spoopy season. So, you, are you know, you, are, rolling up, closing a, uh, up the windows. It's getting chillier. You don't yeah. want a fan. You don't, yeah. yeah, we still need fans down here. Down in L.A. Yep. Yep. Here in the land of forever summer. Uh, here in the land of my mortal enemies. Oh, you mean the baseball? The baseball. I'm mad at yeah. Tom. I'm mad at Tom because his team was supposed to beat my my rival team <laughs> so that my team didn't have to go against my rival team in, yeah. in the big game. The second but, biggest but why game. Why don't you want to play the right? Isn't that more satisfying for you? No, it's stressful. I don't need that mm. kind of stress in my life. See, because my my wife, who is a, a friend of Veronica and a fan of Veronica's rival team, uh, is like, yeah, it's fine. They're going to win. No pressure. Her team. She thinks your team is going to win. She thinks my team is going to win. Yeah. She's like, I hope we win one game. Oh, now I feel really <laughs> bad. Bad. <laughs> <laughs> I said, this is probably the teams, the team, like the, the team waiting feels the stress, but the team that just won is probably a little mm. looser. So I see. All right. Well, this is mm-hmm. not a baseball podcast. I'm just kind of setting the stage. <laughs> I love for- we, we know that like, we know most of you don't care. So we're leaving out all the names of these teams, <laughs> taking all the context out of it, yeah. <laughs> making it even more difficult to follow, <laughs> you know, more obtuse. And then, of and course, uh, the old team that Veronica used to root for on the East Coast is playing yes. right now. Yes, that's true. Do they still hold uh, also a place against in your their heart? rivals? No, the did they wait? Did they, they, they just they had a wild card rivals. game? They beat, they the, beat rivals. the rivals. There's only one yeah. game in the wild card. Yeah. 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 All right. Anywho, welcome to Sword and Baseballs. <laughs> um, no, just kidding. <laughs> we hit um, the what baseball you, you, with the laser. Are you drinking anything tonight? Yes, uh, St. Francis Cabernet. Delicious, delicious wine. Nice. I'm drinking a um, Woodford Reserve. Um, just wanted a little a little something, not too much. Had a, had a nice big dinner. Uh, everyone in the chat is commenting on, by everyone I mean Tomahome is commenting on Tom's haircut. Um, he's got a nice, a nice fresh, fresh new look. Um, well, thank you, Tomahome. That's very nice of you to, to say. You know, I also complimented your hair before the show. Thank you, Veronica. It's very nice of you to say. <laughs> Thanks. All right. Uh, let's <laughs> jump into the quick burns. So this is some Tom news. Uh, Buzz says the Leviathan Falls Expanse Book 9 release date has been pushed back two weeks again from November 16th to November 30th and December 2 in the UK. Yeah. So uh, this is because of the shortage that we were talking about. Um, mm mm-hmm. You can't, uh, the, the, the paper shortage with books is very similar to the chip shortage in, uh, electronics and, and, and tech, because it's not that there isn't the capacity to make the paper. It was, they shut down making the paper thinking they wouldn't need to use a lot. 
and then suddenly everybody needed paper and they haven't caught up since since they got behind right. when they inaccurately predicted the market, uh, which means that it it's just a cascading thing where it's hard to get paper. Plus, there's all these shipping shortages with containers not being in the right place because everything got thrown out of whack by the pandemic and all the containers built up in weird places. Yeah. Then you have you have labor shortages at factories and ports because there's occasionally COVID outbreaks and you don't have enough people. Uh, so all of that means that Leviathan Falls has been pushed from November 16th to November 30th, which honestly, given all of the stuff I just explained, that's not that not bad. Not that bad. Not that yeah. bad. Not that bad. Um, it's so interesting, this like butterfly effect of, of you know, just how yeah, this what works. what the hell, it's, butterfly? It's, God damn Like, it, why did you do that? <laughs> <sighs> Sorry, I'm trying to, Tom Homie said, will Leviathan Falls be pink? And I don't get the joke. Does he mean the book cover? What does he mean? What does he mean by that? Tell us what you mean by that. Oh, the 10th, the 10th anniversary, anniversary edition, edition is, pink, is pink, according to Armut. Ah, okay. Mm. Thank you, Armut 1970. Right. That makes sense now. That makes a little but, more uh, sense. Yeah. I, I'm not excited that it's delayed, but I'm not angry because it's coming <laughs> and it's not <laughs> going to be that much delayed. So, And we've got a lot going on right now. I mean, there's just so much in our world happening. I feel like I'm I'm not at a loss for for content at the moment. I'll be honest. If 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 there was a different book, I wouldn't even care at all. I'm like, yeah, two weeks. It's fine. There's so much in the world. It is the final book in the series, though. That's so there's a, big a deal. little extra like, OK, 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 it's, it'll, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. I think they said, too, that it was going to be like one of the biggest presses yeah. Um, so that's like, it's common. Like when it, when it, when it comes out, it's going to be, there's going to be a lot of it out there, which is exciting. Jan, uh, wrote in that the British fantasy awards were announced. Best newcomer went to Kathleen Jennings for fly away. Best horror novel novel, uh, is Mexican Gothic by Sylvia Moreno Garcia. And the best fantasy novel went to Alexi Harrow for the mm-hmm. once and future witches. Which I'm I'm about seventy percent of the way through right now, um, and I'm Would really you agree enjoying that. It is the best fantasy novel. It's it, hmm. Is it the best fantasy novel? New fantasy novel I've read this year. Yeah, it's a great question. I'd have to go back and look and see what I read this year that came out this year. It's really good. Like it, it's yeah, it's yeah. certainly like I, I'm so enjoying it's it. It's yeah. it's well deserved. Yeah, it's super well written. The characters are great. Um, the world building is is fantastic. It's got some kind of creepy, spooky elements to it as well. Um, so it's got a lot. It's got a lot of really good stuff. And it feels modern, even though it, there's a lot of talk about like suffrage and women's rights. And uh-huh. women's rights. so there's there's a lot of conversation that feels very modern as well. It doesn't take place like, you know, in this virtual world, not virtual world, in this, you know, fictional world. It doesn't take place super in the past. Um, got so, it, got or, it, got it. Yeah. So it, it, but it does feel like modern themes, which is, is but it's also neat. not a historical novel where you'd be like, Ooh, modern, uh, anachronistic. Cause it's mm-hmm. a fantasy world. So. Right. Yeah. Uh, Jan also says we got a lot of Jan this episode, so get ready. Um, Laura Jean McKay has been announced as the winner of the 2021 Arthur C. Clarke award for her novel, the animals in that country. Um, I'm not familiar with this book. I feel like I'm, I've been missing out. I believe, this is the this is the pattern. Uh, we announced the Arthur C. Clarke Award winner, and one of us says, "I'm not familiar with this book," uh, which is one of the things I love about the Arthur C. Clarke Award uh, is that 
it usually goes to a novel that maybe hasn't got as much buzz uh, or, or, or as much attention. So I, it's always worth paying attention to the Arthur C. Clarke Award winner. Yeah, it's, it's not not getting attention. So according to Tor, uh, McKay's book has already earned considerable accolades. It has won the 2021 Victorian Prize for Literature, the 2021 Victorian Primers Literary Prize Award for Fiction, and it was named a Book of the Year by Slate and the Sunday Times. Yeah, when I say not as much attention, I mean like mass attention, like the the sort of like everybody's talking about. Yeah, but, everybody's talking uh, about it. Mm-hmm. The Arthur C. Clarke Awards in general, and certainly uh, Laura Jean McKay's The Animals in That Country, getting a lot of literary attention, which I think I think that's the idea with the Clarke Award is that it is it is for the more literary side of the genre. Excellent. Yeah, always a good place to to find new reads as well. And then right. a yawn. yawn uh, oh my goodness! Thank you, yawn. Uh, for all of these great uh, submissions uh, from Locus Mag, a thousand Lee, that's L-I, which is a, a measurement of distance. A thousand Lee, the second sect by Tao Wong is one of the five t- titles on the 2021 Kindle Storyteller Award shortlist and the only genre pick this year. Oh, this is not a genre award, mm-hmm. uh, but there is a, a genre title on it. The award celebrates the best independent publishing and open for works that are published through Kindle Direct Publishing in the U.K., and the winner will be announced later this month. Previous genre finalists have included Of the Blood by Cameo Renee, The Army of Wolves by Claire Moore, Box of Frogs by Helen Harper, and Wyvern Awakening by Joanna Mazurkevich. Nice, nice pronunciation. I'm not sure if it was right, but it sounded good. Yeah, if you I hadn't said it. anything, no one would know except Joanna Mazurkevich, who would be like, no, <laughs> that's not how you say it. Treg says more books. I see three going on my TBR immediately, especially Hunting by Stars by uh, Sherry Dimeline, uh, sequel to the mm, sequel to the Marrow Thieves, which we read. Which we read, yeah. Yes, and uh, never fear. Here are sixty-three new sci-fi, fantasy, and horror books to ease you into spooky season. Spooky season. I think there's actually there's a typo in this header though. In the header. Yeah, you don't see it. In the header of what? In in the title of this uh this article. Never oh, fear. Yeah, here no, are sixty three new sci fi. Yeah, they misspelled spoopy. Yeah, that's a pretty big. A I mean, that's right in the title. Yeah, you think somebody would have caught that, right? Yeah, that's pretty weird. Um, yeah. lots of great suggestions. Again, uh, just another great list to go through. Um, we've got titles by uh, Mercedes Lackey, um, Kimberly Vale. Yeah, good stuff here. Interesting stuff, new stuff, spoopy stuff. And check out our Quick Burns thread because there's a few more uh, titles or links to to things that beef up your reading list in there as well. That uh, we just you know we we couldn't go through everything. We had we could only we had we had so much yawn. <laughs> We're not done yawning yet. <laughs> Let me yeah. tell you, because now it is time for Barrier Sword, which is our feedback from the audience. Yawn has a mini rant. Yes. It's a little tiny rant. It's a Yannisode. <laughs> this really is turning into a Yannisode, and that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. Yann says, a mini rant, I don't like audiobooks adopting the covers of movies, especially when there are changes to the original story, or for example, characters look differently than described mm. in the book itself. I wish this would go away. And this is in reference uh, to the new um, Dune cover for the audiobook. Um which I can understand. I mean, that's that's a pretty classic book. I, there's so many other cases of this happening, though. 
Yeah, no, Jan says, I don't like books adopting the covers. Put audio in parentheses because the story at Tor.com is about them changing the cover art in Audible uh, and, and on audiobooks. Uh, but that that happens a lot where a movie comes out mm-hmm. and the book cover changes to reflect the movie. I think the most dissonant example of this is the movie tie-in cover of Do Androids Dream of the Elec- of Electric Sheep by Philip K. Dick, which they put pictures of Harrison Ford from Blade Runner on the cover and and then had to do this dance of like the book that inspired Blade Runner. Yes. <laughs> Even though the book itself is, has nothing to do, like they, they, they've changed the story so much. Like there's character names that are the same. Some of the world elements are the same, like like robotic animals and, and, and it's replicates. It's a very but different story. It's a very different <laughs> it's story. It's a very different and story. <laughs> I believe if, I, if I'm remembering right, there were versions sold under the title Blade Runner. With Do Androids <gasps> Dream and Electric Sheep in small print. That is uh, insane. Yeah, I know. Because if you if you didn't know anything about it and you're like, oh, I loved that movie. I want to read the book now. You'd be like, this is nothing like the movie. Yeah, Count Zero Or <laughs> in the chat says, I'll see you that and raise All You Need Is Kill getting re-released as Edge of Tomorrow with Tom Cruise on the cover. Well, I... I don't know if that's a raise or not, but it's certainly another example of that. And the best part about that, to add to Count Zero Order, uh, they also re-released Edge of Tomorrow as Kill, Die, Repeat. Really? <laughs> because they thought Edge of Tomorrow didn't get across what the movie was about. Oh, my god! And I'm like, well, why didn't you just call it All You Need Is Kill if you're going to change your title anyway? That's so bizarre. And I, to be fair, I think Count Zero Or was raising from the Dune cover, mm. not from your example. Mm. So I, I think your I your examples were on 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 a level, on the same certainly, level. Certainly. I would say mm-hmm. it's not a competition. We do have a competition with Tom, though. Um, and this one comes from Eric, who says not to argue with Tom too much, but the idea of the Saxons invading and driving out the Celts is out of favor now with archaeologists. DNA testing is debunking that hypothesis. The new idea is that a small number of Saxons and related people moved to Britain and the locals adopted Saxon ways. Um, yeah, I looked into this and he's right. There, there's some controversial, uh, there's there's some debates around this, but it does seem like the, there's a school thinking that there was more settlement. To which I, I, I told Eric, like, okay, help me out. Because my point was not like, I know so much about the Saxons and the Celts. My point is, was in our, our discussion last time that there are plenty of examples throughout human history of this happening. It's not like it suddenly started happening in the 1600s. Um, so Eric, I asked, I already asked him this on, on the thread as well. Like, so tell me an example that does fit that. If, if this one doesn't work for you, like, like give, you, you've got, you've got the knowledge here. Help us out. Give, give us something to work with. And then there's me who doesn't even remember why we were talking about the Saxons on the last episode in the first yeah, place. You just picked it because it was like, Ooh, Tom's wrong. That'll be fun. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> don't think I don't know. No, honestly, I was really struggling to find barrier sword entries tonight. <laughs> You've got lots of stuff. We've got lots of great stuff in here. Tomahomey says, I wonder if Veronica makes her own kombucha. Do you make your own kombucha? I don't. I'm not that kind of San Francisco hippie. I'm sorry. I don't have a kombucha mother or whatever they call them. Is that what it's called? It's called the mother. Yeah. Yeah. 
like the the yeast that you yeah, use like for the original kombucha? and you can go and get like pieces of the mother from other people and come and take that back Someone's going to correct me and say that I'm wrong. I'm pretty sure it's called the mother. Yes. Uh, archaeologists now favor calling your kombucha mother something else. <laughs> um, so no, I do not make uh, my own kombucha. Well, let's go over to, to Trike then regarding wine. Uh, Trike says, I'm not an enophile. Mm-hmm. O-E-N-O-P-H-I-L-E. And Just the only knowing that I've word actually meeks li- means you're an, you're an oenophile. Uh, the only wine i've ever actually liked was a white merlot Uh, but one of the things i've picked up over the years is that this stuff about white goes with fish and red goes with meat and md 2020 goes with meth (laughs) is that all of that is nonsense well i don't know the md 2020 might be right but he says all of that is nonsense that's a result of some petty palace politics back in the day like the dumb never split an infinitive. This is not a real rule. So don't feel bad about your wine preferences just because some old French guy got in a fight with some old British guy and they picked sides. Shouldn't dictate your choices. Yeah, I know. I, and I knew that in my I heart. I totally agree. But it always just feels so judgmental at the time when you're dealing with it and you have to feel like you know the rules, you know? I feel like there's there's something to the idea that a light white wine and a light white fish kind of mm-hmm. do complement each other a little more than a red, but I'm totally with, with trike where it's like, yeah, but if you want a red just to have the reds, it's not like it's wrong. This is very much in the, I mean, I don't follow a lot of Gary V's teachings in, in the world of business and entrepreneurship and all that stuff. Yeah. But one, the one thing he said that always stuck with me was the best wine is the one you like. Or it's like the yeah. best wine is the one you'll drink. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And and well, that and is always stuck. It's true, you know. Buy what, like, drink what the, you it's like. The, it's the same philosophy behind behind the best camera is the one you have with you. Yes, kind of yeah. idea, yeah. right? Like, which is sure there there are better wines, there are better cameras, and we can argue about what they are. Uh, but don't get so caught up in it that you you don't end up taking photos or drinking wine, like. Enjoy yourself. Very little will ever stop me from drinking wine. We'll just put that yeah. put out that or out there. Or me taking photos of Veronica drinking wine <laughs> with there the camera go. I Perfect. have with me. Um, so thank you, thank you for wine chat. Uh, you know, quickly following baseball chat and uh, yeah, with some we're, science we're sort of like the back half of an old newspaper: sports, lifestyle, <laughs> literature. Speak for yourself, old newspaper. <laughs> <laughs> I said old newspaper because I realized if I said back half of a newspaper, a lot of people are like, who reads a newspaper? Oh, I tried subscribing to a newspaper for a while and, and they just piled up. I couldn't get through them. It was like, it was I subscribe to newspapers, um, but I just read them online. I don't get the paper, which I feel is better because I'm not wasting a bunch of paper. There you go. All right. Well, speaking of someone who is like an old newspaper, let's talk about Nosferatu. <laughs> By Joe Hill. His skin. Nosferatu. Yeah. Um, so this is a kickoff, you know, episode in a sense. Uh, we're we're well, a little we further in the it month. off last time. Yeah. So this is our, this is kind of our, I would call it our first impressions, but non-spoilery. Yes. Um, oh boy. This is a spooky, sorry, spoopy book. This is. Um, you wanted spoopy. I wanted scary and I'm getting scary. And I'm feeling scary. Yeah, this is uh, this is scarier than a werewolf bum mitzvah. Yeah, it is spooky scary. Um, I, oh man, it's super hard to not get spoilery. 
but let's just talk about kind of the beginning. Um, well, you, one thing I wanted to say that's not spoilery sure. in detail is that you should look up trigger warnings for this. Uh, mm-hmm. we, we don't tend to do trigger warnings on the show because there are so many of them. And if we say some of them and leave some out, then I feel like we're, we're doing people a disservice. Um, but, but I think it is worth saying if you didn't figure this out already or find out for yourself, there, there are, there are trigger worthy elements of this book. And there's lots of great places where you can find trigger warnings that are non-spoilery that will just tell you like, Hey, if this is the thing you're worried about, these are the books that are on that. Uh, yeah. I, I, I shared one of those resources in the, in the sword and laser discord recently, but you doing a quick duck, duck, go search or, or something will we'll find it for you. But, uh, but yeah, this is, it's not a gory book, but it definitely has adult situations. Yes. Right? Yeah. I'm, I'm certainly feeling like kind of intense about certain parts of the book already. And I'm trying to be like, okay, it's fiction, it's fiction, it's mm-hmm. fiction. Um, and, you know, I think something else we were talking about in the discord a little bit as well was about how this really does feel like a love letter to Stephen King, uh, Joe Hill's father. Um, I think it's been said out there on the internet that this is, you know, was kind of written with Stephen King in mind in a lot of oh, ways. Yeah. There's, a, there's a few very obvious Easter eggs yeah. in there for sure. And and just the general tone of it the feels tone. like a Stephen King story. And I've read a lot of Stephen King. And so I was yeah, getting that, you know, even, even not having read any Joe Hill before and kind of like, you know, I was aware of it, but I think I had kind of put it into the back of my mind, the familial connection there. But it just it felt so like like such a Stephen King novel, like right off the bat to me. And that feeling has definitely kind of continued for me, at least. You know, that might not be true for everybody, Um, but it was it was hard for me to get out of that mindset um, a little bit uh, just because of the of the themes and and the writing in, in the story itself. Uh, but I'm and liking I read the it. Fireman. I'm enjoying it. I read the fireman. Oh, you did? Which I, f- I feel like is very different than this. Uh, Tell and me I read why. Lock and Tell Key. me. Yeah. I wish I had read the fireman recently. I could give you a really good answer, but, mm-hmm. but my sense, particularly about the fireman, not so much lock and key, although they, they, they share an element that is very, uh, focused more on individual psychology Mm-hmm. and personal relationships than on broader psychology of the world around you than Stephen King. So the fireman and how he interacts with people is is the mystery in the story in the fireman. The kids and how they interact with the 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 the, the things they find and the and the people in the town they move to is lock and key. Whereas I feel like Stephen mm-hmm. King, he's often like how am I interacting with the mystery? How is the person interacting with, you know, the, the doors in the unknowable in, uh, the thing yeah. or, mm-hmm. or the, you know, the, the road in the stand. And, and I'm finding that in Nosferatu where it's, how am I interacting with the car and the, and the bridge and, you know, and the and, bike, and that and kind the, of stuff. Yeah. Um, I am curious to learn more about the TV show as well um, because a lot of people in the chat have been discussing the TV show and the similarities and the characters uh, in there. Zachary Quinto's in it. I haven't actually looked at IMDb to see if he plays Bing. Does he play Nosferatu? Does he play? Do you want me to um, tell you? Yeah. Yeah. Does he play 
Uh, why am I forgetting? I, you know, I should double check it. I, I've started watching it four times and I just really cannot keep going with it each time. And I think it's because I've read the book now. I'm like, oh yeah, I know what this part's about. Like it's, it's not working for me. I, I think I'll, I'll probably get going, you know, once, once I've gotten past the opening where it's okay, setting everything all, up. Holy crap. Joe Hill looks exactly like Stephen King, like a young Stephen yeah, King. No, he, he really does. Oh my God. He, like he could work a little harder not to, if he wanted to, I think. Yeah. But, this is the first time I've seen a picture of him. That's, that's what's incredible. What's that beard? Right? Yeah. Mark says he's a clone. <laughs> Tomahome says Manx. Thank you, Charles Manx. <laughs> yes. I, I, I was pretty Manx. sure. I was, well, okay. So now. Okay. Yeah, so but, he plays Manx. Um, yeah, there he is. I, I see was the about picture to of him. Say that. But Manx is so much older. Does he look older and in? I can confirm that Quinto is playing the old Manx in the first episode. Okay. Obviously, from the poster art. He's not always going to look old, and I don't know why, which is different in the book. I don't think it's too much of a spoiler to say he's just an old guy. Well, no, because in the in the first scenes with Bing, when he meets Bing, he's younger-ish looking. He like he younger says Bing says than, he's like 40s. Uh, well, like hold he on. Looks, we're gonna get spoiler if we're not careful. But when you say uh, younger, he appears younger. Yeah, but younger than he does later. Yes. Not like between Not the difference healthier. between a 70-year-old man and a 40-year-old man. No, he looks, in the beginning, Bing says that he looks like he's in his, could be in his 40s. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Like when I he first that. meets him. I totally missed that. But that he has like an age, like a, he has like a, like a, he, his eyes look older. Like he feels older. Hmm. But like okay. he looks like he's in his 40s. I imagined him being... 60s looking up to 90s through the whole thing but i guess i just but wasn't later yeah i think <laughs> after all that goes down in like the hospital and, and that stuff i think he looks older i remember i remember what you're talking about with bing but i remember him saying you know he looked older in his eyes than than in his skin but i don't remember the 40s stuff so i must have just, i just remember that i remember that I, clearly yeah, yeah. i could no, be I, I, somehow. I believe you i just i'm just much to miss that yeah so I've I've been listening to the audiobook. Um, it's fantastic. It's really well oh, yeah, done. Oh yeah, Kate Mulgrew. Oh my gosh, she's it. incredible. And you very quickly, anybody who is worried, you very quickly stop thinking of her as Captain Janeway. If 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 that were the way, if you don't know the Voyage Star Trek Voyager, you might think of her as Origins of the New Black or mm-hmm. something. But whatever character you have thought of Kate Mulgrew as sounding like you will not, you will stop thinking about that. She, she performs this, this audiobook reading very well. Oh yeah. She's, she's an incredible voice actor. Um, she does yeah. an, she does an amazing job. Um, yeah, super creepy, super like transformative. Um, each character feels very distinct, even Lou. Um, so there's like, there's, there's a lot of, and Wayne, um, is great. Sorry. Am I getting spoilery? I don't think so. I don't think so. Just naming characters okay. shouldn't count as a spoiler. So anyway, um, yeah, I'm really enjoying it. It's it's more intense than I think I expected. I don't know what I was expecting. Um, definitely. If it's you more feel intense like, than I expected, too, though. Yeah. And that's that's you having had read Joe Hill before as well. Yeah, because I, I don't know. Maybe I just forgot the parts of the firemen. You know, I suppressed any any parts of the firemen that are. Or as as but there were there were parts of this audiobook where I'm like, 
Ooh, oh, okay. Maybe, do I want to skip forward through this? Yeah. Like, it was intense. How far along are you? I'm done. Are you done? You're done? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. I'm going to be done soon. Um, that is the one thing I will say is I was finding time to listen. It, I yeah, was, I was me too. into the mystery. I wanted to know what happened. House has been clean. House has been real <laughs> clean this week. <laughs> Dishes put away, <laughs> yeah. vacuumed, laundry folded. Yeah, real clean house. That's how you know. <laughs> That's how you know. <laughs> the dog's like, you just gave me a bath. You I don't just need another me. You just bait. What are you doing? <laughs> you know, Why are we hanging out so much? Start complaining that they don't want to go on another walk. You're like, oh yeah, you're doing this too much. Totally. Um, so yeah, that's where I'm at with that. I am looking forward to having like a, a more full discussion of this in over on discord and Goodreads once I'm done. Cause I know people are already, already chatting, which is great. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a, it's an interesting one. Definitely this, I think, I, I think this is easily the scariest book we've ever read. Probably. Like well, we don't do horror. Horror-y. This, this, yeah. this is a, this is a legit horror book. It's, it's the first time we've ever done something that is not sci-fi fantasy waiting for um, that's veronica though she breaks the rules so breaking the law breaking the law we i'm waiting for tassie law. dave to be like actually on the wiki we have read this book which was regarded as being a horror Big sci-fi yeah, mix. yeah. <laughs> I, i'm hesitant to say we've never read a scarier book but this is the this is definitely i mean horror has fantastical elements to it all, of always uh maybe not always but you often uh, so, so it, it certainly fits in. It's always been kind of right there adjacent. Uh, I've always worried that, you know, if we, if we do that, it's, it's not too long before we're, we're reading, you know, true crime because, because <laughs> of mission creep. So, all right. It's not but necessarily, I, you know. it's not scope creep. It's not slippery yeah, sloping. We're just, it's Halloween. And so we're it's reading Halloween, a scary book. Special occasion. Yeah. So Halloween is like my favorite. Hmm. I really love this time of year. They're all my favorite yeah. holidays. I love holidays this time of year. It's the best. Halloween is like one of my favorites. And then I love so you Thanksgiving. you want me to pick a Thanksgiving book for November or a can Veterans be, Day Can book? it be a horror Thanksgiving book? <laughs> <laughs> no, it'll just, it'll just be about meals. The it'll Day of the Turkey. Food fiction. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> Which well, would be Game of Thrones. Yeah. Oh, hey, did you watch the trailer for the... Um... Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, no one put that in our quick burns, and I dropped the ball and did not add it. Uh, yes, the the uh, trailer for House of the Dragon. I can't even remember the title. This is what's bad. This is why we're messed up, because this is why HBO's messed up, is because they're like, everyone's going to love this. This is going to be amazing. This is going to be our next big hit. And everyone's like, meh. Like but there's just people aren't the excited. The buzz has been huge. Has it? People are. Yeah, people are. are House of the Dragon. Like, I was right. House, I House feel of like the nobody's Dragon. talking about it. Well, you're not talking to the right people then, because uh, uh, it's uh, apparently people are are very excited about it, and people who were skeptical are saying, mm-hmm. "Man, I you know I didn't think I was going to be that into it, but look, dragons! Oh my gosh, this looks like it's going to be done right. Like I'm seeing a I lot of I only care because it's Matt Smith." That's really what I'm what I'm what I'm here for. He uh, definitely sounds like a Targaryen, not yeah. the doctor <laughs> yeah. or Prince Philip. <laughs> I know he's definitely become almost more Prince Philip in my mind now, which is really yeah, depressing to me. 
Yeah. Just recency bias, I guess. But you watched it and you liked it? Trailer? Yeah. I mean, there wasn't much to, I mean, I guess. There's not it, it, too much in there. Okay. Yeah, sounds there's like not you're too much like, in there. You found I haven't started mid. watching Foundation either because I don't have Apple TV. Well, you could get Apple TV. I will because I bought a new phone so I get free Apple TV. Mm. Oh, yeah. There you go. Easy. Anyway. Yeah, the uh, the I, I the trailer is short. I with the the stuff that I was seeing about people going crazy about it, I thought it would have a lot more in it. I was like, oh, okay. But did you notice the throne? Yes, it's much bigger. Yeah, this is more like the throne you have read about in the books. <laughs> Tom, I just have to say something funny. Um, yes, that is true. But also, I thought I was all excited because I thought we had fifty people in the chat room. It's just the number of messages in the chat room. It's not the number of people. I was like, wow, we tweeted out the episode and people must be really excited. We've got 50 listeners. Yeah, every 50 time listeners. someone says something, we get another person. <laughs> oh, now it's up to 51. Yeah, it's we have nine people, but that's that's still more than usual. So I'm happy to have all of you here. It's super fun. Um, yeah, just for kicks. But that's, uh, I guess that's pretty much our, that's an episode. Um, yeah. So pick up Nosferatu if you if you're worried about feeling nervous about certain subject matters, like look into the trigger warnings. Um, they're definitely going to be out there on the internet or or hop into Discord. I'm sure people would be happy to to fill you in gently and spoiler free. Um, yeah, anything else you have to add? No, that's it. Just just do a search for a list of trigger warnings or mm-hmm. or trigger warning resources if you're having a hard time. But let, but like Veronica said, just look it up in Discord. Yep. And thank you to all of our patrons. Um, thank you all the folks who back our show. If you want to help support us, you can head over to patreon.com slash sword and laser. You can also support the show by buying books through our links, uh, many of them now from bookshop.org, which helps out independent bookstores. Find Lowe's links to the books we talk about and some of our favorites at swordandlaser.com slash picks. Send us an email, please, at feedback at swordandlaser.com. Our website is swordandlaser.com. We are on Instagram and Twitter at swordandlaser. And you can join in on all the discussions at goodreads.com slash swordandlaser. And thank you to all the folks in our live chat. Thank you to Tamahome, Armut, Proseka, and Elizabeth was in earlier, uh, but she had to take off. Mark, hello. And all the other folks who listened to us live. Count, count zero, zero or. Don't or. forget count zero or. Yeah. We got count zero or. Got them. Got them. Um, and we will see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Audio program so good, it's like you're there!